0: The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world.
1: Gay people love comes I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. <laughs> this book causes Satanism. Left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. (laughs) You shouldn't have been drinking when I said that.
0: (laughs) Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't
1: for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva (laughs) McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter.
0: Before we get started, we just want to let you know that we have a brand new, very beautiful website where you can listen to all of our episodes. You can also see the episode art that I make every week to go with the title of the episode, Also very exciting, the creator of our logo, Theo Julian Forrester, has started creating a comic strip every week that is inspired by the episode. So all of those will be available for you to look at on the website. Uh, There's also a contact form there if you want to write a letter to the editor. Uh, So go on and check that out. It's just thegailyprofit.com. Also, just a request as always if you like the show, if you could go over to iTunes and give us a five star review and tell a little bit about why you like the show, that would be really great. It is so helpful for helping other people find the show. And also, it makes us really happy. And we will totally read your name on the podcast and talk about how much we love you. So, we want to say thank you to. Going with Dr. Lady, perhaps, D-R-L-D Y, uh, and Ray the Nerd and Captain Widow and Nicole Loy and Kabibid who have left us reviews and we are so, so grateful. If you don't like the show and you don't want to leave five stars and you don't have good things to say, you can go ahead and just keep that to yourself. We don't need to know any of that information on itunes thank you very much so with that hello and welcome to the gaily prophet a podcast where two queer irl witches reread harry potter and talk about it i am america's favorite griffin dandy lark malachi gray
1: and i am griffin dyke extraordinaire jesse blount
0: and today you are listening to the second part of our episode on chapters 9 and 10, The Midnight Duel and Halloween. You listened to the first part last week? If you didn't, go back and fix that. This is this is what we didn't include in last week's episode. It's the best introduction I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Really, just go back and listen to all the episodes already, and then just keep re-listening to it. If you fall asleep to us, it will soothe you right into dreamland. (laughs) I hope we're not that soothing.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the education section, where we talk about this goddamn school and... (laughs) whether it qualifies as a school.
1: I feel like school should be a quotation marks. <laughs> it's
0: like a school with teachers and <laughs> classes where you learn things. Oh <laughs> is it? Are they? I don't know. <sighs>
1: I think this is indicative of what uh shit show hogwarts is is that harry had a minute in this chapter where he thought that mcgonagall was going to cane him right and i'm like bro yeah like what
0: i don't know if either this is like rolling's like rolled doll shit or harry's just like i'm in medieval times now so <laughs> who knows what is gonna happen Why are flying lessons mandatory, especially given that all of the witch kids already know how to fly? Why is it mandatory? Full stop. It's not important for you to know how to fly. You can go your whole life not knowing how to ride a broom. Why do Hermione and Neville have to be subjected to this? I don't think they should have to be what harry's is the only broom that jumps up into his hand but all these other kids including ron and malfoy they've already been flying for seven thousand years so like why don't theirs jump up but even so why can't you just pick your damn broom up why do you have to stand over it and tell it to jump into your hand i hate all of it
1: all right this is great i actually do have some some of my notes overlap with you because yeah also they never no one ever screams up at their broom like again in this series and i'm like this is just very silly it's so silly but yes i mean number one yeah you're right like broom like flying lessons is garbage um if anything else they should have been like i don't know buy a flying horse i don't know just like Um, sign
0: up if you want to learn how to fly sign up come down learn how to fly I could see it being like you have to pass a flying test, like you have to pass a swimming test to go into the deep end. So like if you already know how to fly, you can just take the test. If you don't, there's lessons available. But definitely if you're Neville, you never have to learn how to fly a fucking broom ever in your life. It's fine.
1: And it seems weird to me, actually, that their first flying class, they actually are supposed to be on their (laughs) broom. I feel like if this was a (laughs) functioning... I'm sorry. I I shouldn't have said that while you were taking a step. (laughs) All right. Like, the first day of class should have been, like, in a classroom. Here are the parts of a broom. Here's what you do when you're flying. Read the chapter about flying. Whatever. It shouldn't be, alright, we're gonna get on a broom and go four feet off the ground. That is a terrifying height. Do you Um, know who read the the chapter
0: on how to fly a broom? Hermione. And everyone else got mad at her for reading the chapter and talking about it beforehand, but they weren't told to this is how all teaching at Hogwarts works. Is they're like, <laughs> here's a word, no more information, do it. Yeah. No. That's not teaching.
1: Yeah. No. No one, literally no one in this school knows how to teach. Um, I'm sorry for all the educators out here who like Harry Potter, but I hope you realize that like Hogwarts is a terrible school. <laughs> it's
0: such a bad school.
1: <laughs> this is, This is not the fictional world I'd want to be in because Hogwarts is a terrible school. (laughs) It's so terrible. It's like they spend their entire
0: classroom periods being told a word and pointing their wand at things. And then they're given like seven hours of homework to like write papers on shit that they never actually have to apply because their entire classroom experience is just like learning and performing spells by pointing their wand and saying a word over and over. So they have like no free time, no downtime. They never get to be kids. They only do homework. But their classroom time is spent absolutely not under any circumstances actually learning anything. Shouldn't they learn in the classroom and have their homework be to point their wands at things and say the word? It's terrible. They're all yeah. terrible teachers. Madame Hooch is a terrible teacher. This is not how you teach children how to fly a broom. The other thing, it actually has nothing to do with flying. It just is that I underlined that Madam Hooch has yellow eyes like a hawk and wrote "hot" in all caps. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's apparently a
1: thing I'm into. I was, I just have a note. I'm just like, she is clearly, you know, has some other magical being in her background, and that's really cool. Yeah, and also just she is such, (laughs) she's such a gruff, queer lady. like she like just calls neville boy like she didn't even bother to learn anyone's name
0: i actually really hate that i have that either in education or editorials i'm like fuck off lady Like that is not how you treat children what are you doing i hate it (laughs) she's so mean to him she's like get down here boy it's like he fucking can't he clearly cannot get down there what are you doing? You're so bad at teaching. Oh my God. Ugh. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, my personal theory is that Madam Hoosh just gives zero fucks. She just does not care. She's here for the paycheck <laughs> and the summer's off. <laughs> she just doesn't, she just doesn't care. Yeah, she doesn't.
0: Ugh. Why wasn't she prepared for what happens to Neville? That probably happens every year like she why weren't they practicing over like you know a giant cushion why doesn't she know how to perform a cushioning charm like don't don't teach kids how to fly by saying get on your broom go 4 feet up and no higher i haven't actually told you how to go 4 feet up and no higher or how to get back down what the fuck are you doing 20. why are you 20 feet in the air i'm not going to block your fall no,
1: <laughs> like, if you were realistically gonna have this class, you would have to magic a like some kind of a like squishy bubble around all of the kids, so no matter where they went, they would just it'd be like a giant bounce house, they would just bounce off of it painlessly, and they no one would have their wrist broken, right? I also want to talk about the school brooms and the way that they're described about them like pulling to the left or like kind of shaking when they go too high um i've totally had cars that have done this yeah. and so the school brooms are basically um very used cars yeah yeah and these children should not be learning <laughs> on them yeah yeah also i do want to also come back to the point that this is another point where it's like the witching students have such a bigger leg up than the muggle students because it's like every all the like witching kids are like oh yeah I spent my summers just flying around doing whatever, which A, seems horrifying for small children. <laughs> why would you do that? Um, and B, it's just like the, the level of just unfair advantage just makes me angry.
0: Yeah. It's a little different, I guess, because it's not like they're being graded on it. I don't really know like why
1: exactly they're learning how to fly a broom. They must be getting graded because like, I mean, I guess I don't know. It seems like it would be, it'd be annoyed to have a class where I'm just like if i'm not getting graded what is the point
0: i well it's like an extracurricular thing like when they learn how to operate, i think it's just like a thing i don't i don't think it's a class
1: yeah flying seems like garbage <laughs> moral of the story
0: yeah and hot as she is madam Hooch is a bad bad teacher don't call children boy
1: she doesn't I don't think she doesn't roll call. I just think she just didn't even bother to like have a list of anyone's name. No.
0: Nope. <laughs> just so uncaring. <sighs> she like literally. What the fuck? Her job is like this one flying lesson, because I don't think they have any others, unless maybe Harry is exempt from future ones for being a natural. I
1: assume so. Because they never, they never mention this again. You, I don't think... You only ever see Madam Hooch mention when she's refereeing Quidditch games. Right, I
0: think that's her whole job. She referees, and she teaches these flying lessons. Like, she doesn't really have a lot on her plate she could yeah. bother to like learn the kids fucking names anyway uh speaking of bad teachers mcgonagall's behavior regarding harry and quidditch is so inappropriate (laughs) she buys him a broomstick that is grounds for firing you may not buy your student a fucking broomstick that is an expensive piece of equipment that is so inappropriate.
1: So wait, do you think that she paid for out of her own money? Or did she, like, use Harry's money to buy him a broom? I mean, both of them are really inappropriate.
0: Either way, that's really inappropriate. But I do... I do think that she bought it. <laughs> like, she picked it. You know, it's not like he was consulted. It just, like, shows up and it's like, here's your new broomstick. So... Yeah, I think... I, th- I think she bought it and that is who boy yeah no that's not okay
1: do you do you want me to tell you my favorite theory about this which I have it actually came up in another Harry Potter podcast that I listen to that I love which is McGonagall's interest in Harry is because she has a rampant sports gambling problem <laughs> and this is gonna make her like all of the money because then, like, why? Like, she's like, yes, we're going to bend all the school rules so Harry Potter can become a first-year seeker. And it's like, what? <laughs> I feel like Neville might have, like, a learning disability. Yeah. It could very well be a, like, not an outcome, but a effect of his shitty traumatic childhood. But I feel like his anxiety and forgetfulness feels very much like he has like something going on with like difficulties learning and i say that as someone who does in fact have a few learning disabilities to be like oh neville yeah no i totally (laughs) agree with with
0: you especially because we do we see him succeed in some very specific circumstances which he's good at herbology because we're british so we say the huh because it has an h in it as eddie Izzard says <laughs> um, got my dress to kill reference in doing great <laughs> um, and he is does really well in the da both of these are classes i think he's good at care of magical creatures too and these are all classes where you're moving a lot and all of the studies on ADHD show that the more a child is allowed to move around, the better they're doing. There is actually like a direct connection between like the like the transfer of information from like short-term storage to like you can actually work with this and movement in kids with ADHD. So, I feel like, for sure, that's something that Neville could be dealing with. And, yeah, also, he does a lot better in nurturing environments, so...
1: Yeah, and, like, especially with the DA, with, like, more kind of, like, one-on-one learning. Mm -hmm. Where, like, someone is, like, paying attention and, like, actually, like, correcting him, so... Yep. Yeah. This is gonna be a slight tangent, but... I started reading the, like, Percy Jackson and the Olympians series. So in those series, you know, the kids are, like, they're demigods. They're, one of their parents is, like, an Olympian god. And one of their superpowers slash sort of, like, uh you know, one of the things that makes them demigods is the fact that all of the half-god children have ADD and dyslexia. And they're both explained where it's like, oh, like your dyslexia is a power so you can like read ancient Greek like really well. And the ADD, ADHD is good for like being able to uh, do well in like physical battles. Mm-hmm. And so in, in those books, like one of the huge things that the author has like said is like his son is like dyslexic and is ADD and he want to emphasize those as superpowers and not as like... A thing to be ashamed of, or like, kind of like a failing, or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call when people say shit about developmental disabilities like that. And so, I feel like Neville's in the wrong book series. Would have done much better <laughs> <laughs> in that series slash sometimes kind a of strength to have those kind of things going on. And I wish Neville wasn't so picked on, and it was actually kind of a thing that makes him a like. I wish it was framed better. His very sort of unspoken but obvious learning disability
0: yeah for sure it's like the i think we've we've talked before about just like how despicable it is that the the lack of care that he's given you know he like McGonagall is constantly like giving him extra homework as opposed to like tutoring any anything yeah to like help him work with what he's dealing with yeah i feel like as someone who has adhd and didn't get a diagnosis until i was 29 30 very recently i really what you're saying is definitely very much something that like resonates with me where it's like damn my life could have been so much easier partly like if I had been able to access medication sooner, but also just like, because knowing what you're dealing with, then you can like have skills and you can understand that like, Oh, the reason that I wait to do all of my homework until like the night before it's due is because there are only five kinds of motivators for people who have ADHD and deadlines (laughs) are one of them. So literally, no, I couldn't have done my homework sooner than that. That was the only time I could do my homework. And then I get to let go of all of the like self-hatred and like beating myself up that I was carrying around previous to that being like I'm just lazy and you know bad because I can't make the thing happen which is a real problem so yeah I feel you I agree and just full stop everyone needs to be better to Neville
1: yeah people people need to be better to (laughs) Neville he needs all of the happiness and kittens
0: and why isn't I don't know why isn't professor sprout like advocating for him at like teacher's meetings she sees him and like sees him succeeding in her classroom and not succeeding in other spaces so why is it that she isn't speaking up you know
1: well i definitely don't think that (laughs) hogwarts has that kind of teacher culture (laughs) (laughs)
0: My second to last education point is what the headline was about. It is ridiculous to expel a student for flying a broom when you just left 20 kids unattended with brooms. That's inappropriate. It is also inappropriate that they think that they will be expelled for being caught out of bed at night and sneaking around the castle And that they think they'll be expelled for fighting a fucking troll. These are, well, the broom situation and the troll situation shouldn't have happened. That's negligence on the part of the school. (laughs) Sneaking out of class is just what you do when you're a child at boarding school. Like, if they legitimately expel kids for these things, that's terrible. That is not in any way okay to do especially like she walks away and says if you fly a broom you'll be out of hogwarts faster than you can say quidditch like okay cool then don't leave these kids unattended with brooms because that's on you
1: i mean my only hope is that that's a gross exaggeration considering that the only person that we know who was expelled from hogwarts is hagrid for you know the whole basilisk chamber of secret monster in the castle deal yeah so just like house points don't mean anything i think whenever anyone says you could be expelled that doesn't fucking mean anything okay
0: that makes me feel better welcome to the sports section which is a section that we have resentfully because (laughs) we don't (laughs) care about quidditch However, the book really cares about Quidditch. And so sometimes we will talk about Quidditch. Probably not as much as some people would like us to.
1: Actually, I feel like the book cares less and less about Quidditch as the books progress. When J.K.R. is like, I'm fucking tired of writing these Quidditch scenes. They're terrible to write. I'm just going to stop. Thank (laughs) God. Because, like, (laughs) Harry only ever, like... Here he plays a bunch of games in, like, books one, two, and three. And then, like, he goes to one in book four. And then they just... It just doesn't appear again in, like... Really five, six, or seven so much. So... Right. But, yes. Anyway, this is... The section where we complain about Quidditch for the first time. A lot of organized sports is pretty ridiculous when you break it down, and like doesn't make sense for the amount of like mental energy and kind of like love people put into it. But Quidditch isn't especially bad sport. Like I feel like, <laughs> logistically. and I want to bring up a you're point just, like, that
0: staring into the sun <laughs> the entire time <laughs> that you're watching
1: it. It's like you can't even vaguely figure out because right, like, right. Like, what if you're not binoculars? You're just like something is happening. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, part of it is that there's a lot of like art, like there's a lot, there's a lot of balls and a lot of you know people playing it. But really, the important thing is catching the snitch. Like, why even bother with literally anything else?
0: Well, no, because there are some times where it's like, if we're going to win the cup, we have to be up by X number of points before the snitch can be caught. So there is like a little bit more and like some importance to like the rest of the game, I feel like. And also I think, you know, like at the Quidditch World Cup, the crumb catches the snitch, but they lose still. So there is there is more to it than that
1: i mean yeah
0: i mean i still wouldn't go to the games (laughs) i'd be like hermione you know that we don't have to be here right like we can be friends with harry and still not go to these fucking games can we please go enjoy how quiet the common room is right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe it's a little bit like hockey where you're also there to wait for someone to for like some like terrible violence to happen to one of the players Because it probably happens a lot. And I feel that's kind of part of the excitement, I think, of like hockey. Yeah. Is like people getting like sort of like more aggressive in a way that you don't get in like basketball or like baseball or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Since there is a discussion about Ron and Dean Thomas having an argument about soccer versus Quidditch. I really hope there's a bunch of muggle-born kids that have like a pickup soccer game. And I don't Aww. I don't remember if I had mentioned this before, but I just I'm just like Quidditch is ridiculous. Dean Thomas is right, like soccer is <laughs> much cooler. Like and I hope there's have some muggle to have kids
0: a broom up your butt.
1: <laughs> I'm just like I hope the muggle kids are like whatever y'all soccer's real cool. We're just going to be over here in this field.
0: Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> My only other thing about Quidditch, is, my note is three month non stop Quidditch is absurd slash outrageous. What the actual fuck? <laughs> that it's a couple times that it says like a Quidditch match literally cannot stop until the snitch is caught. And so that means that they like don't take breaks. Wood says they had to keep bringing in players so that players could rest and so like one after three months who the fuck is even watching who cares and I, I don't know there has to aren't there aren't there in other sports like a point where it's like okay we went into as many overtimes as there are and it's a tie i think that's yeah. a thing.
1: yeah i mean yeah and some like some sports you have like a set amount of time to play or like in baseball where you have a set amount of
0: Innings, innings,
1: yeah. So there's like a natural break versus it being dependent on someone doing something, like catching the snitch, which is a terrible way to plan your game.
0: Yeah, and how do you even like have predictable seasons if like a single game could go on for three fucking months? Well, I like how do you even... it. I
1: mean <laughs> that must that, I mean that must not happen very often. But like, also just think about. I would never go to a game where it's like, this might last 10 minutes or 10 hours. and would be like, I mean, there's only so much day drinking you can do. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, sitting in like a baseball game that's like four hours feels like Hell. being in purgatory. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I can't imagine like a Quidditch game that was like, Hours long. I would just be like, I am literally tired of watching you guys. Yeah. Just hand me the snitch and it can let it be over.
0: Right? Yeah. I. Yes, I don't like it. That's it. <laughs> do you have anything else about sports?
1: I do, actually. Okay. I have one more point, which is Quidditch does not necessarily seem like real exercise. I mean, maybe for like some of them, but like, I mean, for Harry. Like, I don't think Harry's getting necessarily real exercise out of this.
0: So, in in our uh, inspiration podcast, which I can't believe it took us five, however many episodes to actually talk about. So, this podcast, listeners, springs out of the podcast Witch Please, which is an amazing Harry Potter analysis podcast where they went book by book. And for years, Jesse and I have grieved the fact that they went book by book and that we didn't get more harry potter analysis from them so this is our rectifying the fact that they went <laughs> book by book and providing the content that we wanted um so anyway in which please when they talked about this they decided that quidditch must require an immense amount of core strength
1: I guess balancing so. on a broom yeah
0: they probably all I- have like swimmer abs you know
1: Yeah. And I mean, if, like, for Fred and George, like, they're like swinging a bat at a thing while balancing on a broom. Like, those dudes are probably ripped.
0: Yeah. And throwing the quaffle must also. I mean, you have to throw well. So. Yeah. And, like, grip your broom with just your knees and stay on it. I mean, that is some serious, serious core strength.
1: Hopefully you're like have like grasping it also like with your thighs cuz I feel like just your knees would hurt but if at least you could use some of your thigh meat to like hold the broomstick
0: Oh yeah well that's what I mean but just your legs yeah. right to keep yourself balanced upright on a fucking broomstick like that is definitely Yeah some serious some serious like isometric exercise right So it's it's something
1: So are you familiar with any of the for real irl quidditch teams i am yeah um i feel like so they do it like on the ground when like you're running but i feel like irl quidditch should take us on a bike i feel like you should be <gasps> in an area where you're like
0: that's brilliant yes i feel like is that just like you're like making a suggestion to the quidditch players of the world <laughs> like get i am actually
1: bikes. you guys y'all should be on some bikes As opposed to just running around, I thought that would feel more realistic with a broom to, like, you're, like, having to balance, but also having to do stuff with your arms.
0: That's brilliant. Great call. Welcome to Corrections, where we correct stuff. And this week, I am not only correcting things that that are incongruent in the book. I actually have some corrections for us. okay slash uh, corrections slash like things that we should have one of okay they're corrections but they're corrections that we missed in previous episodes okay the first one is rats are not allowed as hogwarts pets ron inherited scabbers from percy who would never bring an illegal pet to hogwarts
1: that's true. you never,
0: right. never. He would, like, sever his own toes before he broke a rule that profoundly. Yeah. So, that's one. The other, actually, I have to give credit to my partner for, because Evan was the one who pointed this out. You use a wand to get into Diagon Alley. Hagrid uses his umbrella to get into Diagon Alley. How does everyone think Hagrid gets into Diagon Alley? (laughs) Like, shouldn't someone be like, oh, Hagrid's here. Let me walk you out and let you in.
1: Maybe, maybe his um, magical umbrella is like an open secret or something. Or, (sighs) I mean, honestly, if Hagrid was just like, oh, no, it's okay. Dumbledore showed me a, a trick. They'd be like, cool, Dumbledore's brilliant he's hopping over the wall who knows you know like i feel like but it isn't like oversight if, if he
0: told them that they should all be like really worried that he was <laughs> about to tell literally the entire world this <laughs> bypass to get into Tycoon alley
1: <laughs>
0: um for this episode the only correction that i have is When Wood is training Harry, his first, like, Quidditch training match, he uses golf balls. Wood is, like, grew up in the witching world. He'd never heard of basketball. Where the fuck did he get muggle golf
1: balls? (laughs) Wow, you are really correct that (laughs) he should not have a bucket of golf balls.
0: Yeah, no. You'd be like, I stole a bunch of like walnuts from the dining hall or something, but definitely not golf balls. So that's it. That's all I've got.
1: Maybe <laughs> maybe there's a golf club at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have all like, that beautiful lawn out there. I mean I don't I don't know shit about golf, but like
0: It does actually seem like, because golf is, like, I feel like one of the oldest sports that's, like, consecutively been played. So it does actually make sense, and I think it originated in that part of Europe. So I would believe that there was some sort of crossover there, though certainly they would not play with muggle (laughs) golf balls regardless.
1: No, you're right. That would be boring
0: i'm just imagining the scene from alice in wonderland with the hedgehogs and the flamingos right now
1: <laughs> i actually am <have> also <laughs> thinking about that I'm like, there must be like a quidditch like what is that called croquet team yeah i feel like if i was a strange oh, muggle yeah. child i'd be like i'd be like clearly we need to play put a ridiculous outfit that's not our ridiculous school uniform <laughs> and play some croquet
0: can we but like, can we, as I don't know, Patreon content, record ourselves playing croquet with lawn flamingos and
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> something?
0: Toy we hedgehogs.
1: sure can. That <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. Actually, it sounds
0: great. Welcome to the Dear Hedwig advice column. Today's letter, dear Hedwig, I've had the same job for a very long time, and in most aspects, it's ideal. I have great benefits, I enjoy my coworkers and I'm well regarded and feel respected in the workplace. Additionally, I have a highly specific skill set and if I left, and if I left, I'm not sure they would be able to replace me ever. My problem is a moral one. Most of my work is essentially deciding the future of large groups of people, which as you can imagine is often an emotionally fraught task. Keep it together, Clark. <laughs> Over the years, I've become more and more uncomfortable with the the existing system, as I see it result in what I now consider to be an unnecessary fracturing of society. One of the options in particular has started to feel deeply uncomfortable for me, and I'm beginning to have trouble sleeping whenever I think about the future of the people I have placed in that group. Hedwig, what do I do? I don't have the power or authority to change the current system, but I don't know if I can keep doing this job if something doesn't change. Please help. Signed, Stuck With a sinister sorting system.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent name. (laughs) Thank you. Alright.
0: What do we tell this poor sorting hat? I know they tried really hard to not make it clear who they are, but we see you, sorting hat.
1: (laughs) Sometimes you just have to take a chance. Uh, You say you have a really specific skill set. That means that they probably can't replace you. So if you speak up about asp- that is these elements of your job that you find deeply unsatisfying and potentially morally incorrect, that they might have to listen if you take it up to the to your boss or your supervisor. But also consider looking into other options. Um... You know, it's a, it's a big world out there. Sometimes maybe someone will need uh, a very specific set of knowledge and skills.
0: I'm a little worried that this letter writer's <laughs> skill set might only be helpful for morally questionable jobs given the the content of the letter. I, I, I could be wrong. But I totally agree with you. Um, if they can't replace you... If you say you're going to leave, they're going to have to change the system. And if they try not to and you quit your job, the system will be changed by necessity because you'll no longer be available to perform the task that you're required to do by, by your current job. So I think you have a lot more power than, than it seems like you think you do right now.
1: And it, and it sounds like letter writer, you've had you've clearly put a lot of thought into your dilemma at, at work. Consider presenting an alternative to your supervisors. There doesn't have to be as a rigorous categorization at your job. Open office concepts are a thing. Just you know, have <laughs> everyone just all be together and let the chips fall as they may.
0: Yeah, it does seem like considering that, you know, you say you've been at the job for a really long time, it seems like probably you have some ideas about what system might be better. So there is always I think there's there's a lot to be said for having an alternative in mind when you approach your superiors about issues such as this so that you're not just going in saying you know, I don't like what's happening. You're going and saying, I don't like what's happening. And I think that I have come up with a solution to the problem, a way that we could do it differently. So, yeah, good luck. I, I really think, you know, the takeaway here is you have more power than I think you currently realize. And I really encourage you to to roll with that and bring your ethical concerns up with your coworkers and bosses thank you for listening to this week's episode of the gaily prophet a reminder next week we will be reading chapters 11 and 12 so if you're reading along go ahead and get read up on those Also a reminder that we are still doing our sticker giveaway. If you leave us a good review on iTunes, once we have 50 reviews, there's a one in five chance that you will be getting a sweet logo sticker. And also one of the people who gets a sticker is going to get a free t-shirt. It's rad. You should definitely go leave us a review. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to be nice.
1: Yeah, please don't leave bad reviews, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Because we will not care. We don't care. (laughs) <laughs> yeah if you have issues
0: with us email us that's something we can talk about in private <laughs> anyway if you want to find us between episodes we are on facebook twitter and instagram at the gaily prophet we also have a patreon patreon.com slash the where we put cool things that you will enjoy jesse where can the people find you
1: i can be found on twitter at jesse underscore detroit and on instagram at live from detroit and you
0: can find me in between episodes or ever at larkmalachi.com that's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com, which is where you can find information about the work that i do with nutrition and coaching and tarot readings you also can find me on instagram at larkmalachi or on instagram at radicalhealer Our logo was designed by Theo Julian Forrester, who can be found on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song and our spoiler warning were recorded by Kevin MacLeod. The information for that is in our show notes. And our spoiler recording was recorded by the incredible Sarah Sarwar. Until next time.
1: MacGuffin. Ruse. Endangerment. Helicopter
0: words are good and i am good at them
1: <laughs> that is the real subheader of this podcast how are words spoken or inflected <laughs> spoke and then i realize what my mouth was saying and i'm like oh no wait <laughs> so-